We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Good morning, Grinders. Welcome to the DFS pregame show here on Roto Grinders. I'm Jordan Cooper, a.k.a. Blender at Blender HD. Follow me there on Twitter. And this is the show where we would normally, usually review yesterday's slate. Look at some sharp players' lineups. Go over DFS strategy for today's slate, or in general, just DFS strategy for, for any sport. Any sport, really. In general, golf is going on. Uh, I, I don't know how my lineups are going to do. There's only It's top 60 in ties. I didn't even, like, barely anyone makes the cut. Can he get a six out of six? I don't know. Maybe I maybe I have a couple of lineups that could get there. Depends. I don't know what the cut's going to be today. I don't know. If plus, I'll, I'll if, if it's plus four, I'm good. Let's make it plus four. If it's plus, well, Webb Simpson's dead. I don't think he could pot. He'd have to short shoot the course record, I think, to, to, to make the cut. So if you have Webb Simpson, those lineups are dead. Uh, but we could talk PGA, right? We could talk PGA, MMA, soccer, if you want. Soccer's going on. And, of course, MLB. I see you guys in the chat asking your questions. It's Casual Friday, so you ask casual questions, right? I see Michael Dompiage, Apocalypse, Ryan Taylor, and Mason. That's a lot of names. Jesse, Card Fan, Daniel Hutchins, Woo Woo J Train, Danny Lewis, Johnny Compton, Doug Montgomery, Daniel Perez, Brett Booth. I see you guys there. I see you guys there. Results DB is still down. They're still working on it. I, I, I don't, do I have to crack some heads or something? Do I have to bounce some apple juice can, bottles over people's heads? Right? Hit that thumbs up button. Keep the apple juice cold in the morning. Hit the thummy thumbs. Give me those thummy thumbs. Helps us out. Subscribe to the channel if you're new here. Hit the notification bell to know when we go live. Uh, 42.5% chance of put plus four cut line, according to data go. Did they even start the second round yet? I know some guys, they, they stopped yesterday, right? Did they even start it yet? I don't know. See, I'll go, I'll look on data golf to see to see what the, 42.5% chance, isn't that bad? Isn't that bad? I, I, need, I need to get, I need to get more, if I could get Morikawa through, I'm fine. Oh, that, that's all I'm asking. I need, I need Morikawa. I need answer, but answer is at plus two. So that, that isn't that bad. But I mean, you you could you could take a double bogey, like two double bogeys in this course, like there's no tomorrow. So like you can't you can't be safe with anything. But if I could get Morikawa, my Simpson lineups are gone. I don't even worry about them, right? Morikawa and answer. I just that that's the and burger. Okay, okay. I added a third one, right? I get those three. Those are my three highest highest exposed and 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 Shoffley. 
Can I add a fourth one there? But he's like the chalk. He's he's. I have a lot of him also. How about Rom? Rom, Rom him also. Okay, so now I'm asking for a lot. Oh, and Kevin Streelman. That would be nice. He's four percent though. I have some Russell Henley who's up top, right? Right. I'm, I'm just asking for all my golfers, right? I've I've I like fifty or sixty in my pool. Uh, let's see. So just ask your questions. I mean, we have nothing to go over. Yesterday sucked. Yes, for me at least. Right. I pl- I played Rocky Stacks against Woodruff, but really all the you just needed Crone, and then I got the I got the the wrong way on the on the Braves game. Uh, on FanDuel, I played uh, Musgrove and Stroman prim- primarily. Uh, I had to choose: did I, do I want to play Morton or do I want to play the Cardinals? Because Morton's a type of pitcher that you know we've seen Morton just walk five guys and give up six runs right before. We've seen that before, right? Or he'd go out and the Cardinals aren't that great of a team. He'd go out and pitch eight innings and strike out seven. Well, that's what he did. I went the other way. I went with the Cardinals stacks. So that didn't work out, right? And then the Brewers didn't really, didn't, they didn't get there, right? So I had the Astros. I got the Astros. Uh, then I, then I, and, but I got the Rockies, but all you needed was Crone. I didn't have much of the Yankees, but you needed Ursula, right? Stanton, I guess. So but I didn't piece the things together very well. And then I didn't have enough Morton. I, did, I barely had him. Right, Strowman was fine. Musgrove couldn't strike anyone out. I mean, he went like seven innings, like he put up a Zach Greinke type line. Seven innings, like three hits, three walks, and two strikeouts. Like, okay, well, that wasn't that bad on DraftKings, but on FanDuel, that sucks. Oh, Frederick Duke needs Hoffman to make the cut. I'm I'm a little under on Hoffman. I'm not a big fan of playing like the chalky value play types. I mean, it, it, where they fit. What is my exposure? If you want to see it. Let's see. Do I, do I? Is it saved? I I, I exit it out because I don't even want to look at it. Uh, where where's my golf stuff? This is what we're gonna do. It's casual, so we'll, we'll go through some stuff. Well, golf, MMA. I'll show you some stuff for MMA. People are gonna come here and go. Where's your MLB stuff? Well, whatever. We don't know what the hell's gonna happen. Okay, round two. Do I have round? No, it's gone. It's gone. I can't even go back to it. Can I? Is there a date? I can't. No, I can't. It's gone. I don't know what it. I don't know what the hell I did. <laughs> it's all gone. I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't figure that out. Okay. Let's go back into the chat. Uh, DJ, a dog three K. How much do you stack in soccer? Uh, that's a very nuanced question. Typically, you typical, typically you're, 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 you're in GPP. You're going to remove negative correlations. Okay. Cash. You could do anything you want, right? Correlation doesn't matter. Just play the best value. Uh, so stack like stacking is, is, is this is a very nuanced question. Like you could stack like uh forward, midfielder, defender, goalkeeper. I mean, like if you if the team's gonna score two, three, nothing, you want the goalkeeper getting the win. That's correlated to the forward and the defender getting the clean sheet bonuses and the forward scoring a goal. Hopefully you get an assist in there somewhere. So I mean you could. I mean, it depends on the size of the slate. On these three-game slates for the Euros, I think playing four guys from the same team, it depends on their prices, obviously, also. As far as the game stacking is concerned, like taking both sides of the game, I'm I'm not a big fan of, unless the, unless the defenders have high open play value or have set pieces, 
I'm not a big fan of giving up that three point clean sheet bonus by playing a, by playing an opponent on the other side of the game. That's expensive. So playing like two forwards from the same game and the defender, like you're, you're going to need that assist because the defender is not going to be able to get the three point clean sheet bonus. If your opposing forward scores. So I'm not a big fan of those types of things. And also game stacks are much better in uh, higher pace, closer games than they are in lopsided ones. So you take, for instance, today's game, today's three games uh, slate. The, the closest game on the slate is Croatia and Czech Republic. Like that would be more of a game stack than the England-Scotland game. England's favorite is a minus 335 favorite. Right, England's expected to win two nothing, three nothing, something like that. So you wouldn't play Scotland players because the whole the whole point of game stacking in like a sport like NBA is that the, they go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Football, back and forth, big play, whatever. Soccer, one team could hold the ball. We we saw with Spain, like Spain held the ball against uh, whoever, whoever. I don't know who I forgot who they played. They had like eighty six percent possession. The other team can't even get the ball to even accumulate any points. So the the bigger the favorite is, the more likely the more likely England, even when they're up one nothing, is still going to hold the ball sixty five percent of the time against Scotland. So that whole thing of like, well, they go up one goal, and then the the team that's down has to now push up and start crossing and do a bunch of stuff. Well, that's only true if the teams are fairly even. But in like the Premier League, if you're going to play Man City versus West Brom. It's like, oh, I'm going to take three Man City players and three West Brom players. Well, you're going to be sadly disappointed with your three West Brom players, right? Well, they're going to push up. and Yeah, sure, they're going to push up, and then they're going to lose the ball and because Man City is like a five-time better team than them. So, like, game stacks, I'm not, I'm not, I'm even then, I like the pair. I'm like, can I get the goal, assist, clean sheet, defender, goalkeeper type of thing? Like, four guys, I guess you could do it. But remember, uh, soccer isn't that high scoring of a game. So unless it's uh, some ridiculous Germany versus the Faroe Islands and it's an eight total or something, you're probably not playing, you know, six guys from the same team. Brett Booth, what's the website to research the Euros formations? And you can go to Who Scored. Who Scored is a good website. You have to click through a lot of stuff, but it has everything there. It has match previews. It has all the stats for previous games. I mean, you could look up any. I mean, look, look, what's coming up? What's coming up? Uh, Croatia, Czechoslovakia, Czechoslovakia, well, not Czech Republic, right? I mean, you can't. This is predicted starting eleven. I mean, the, the starting lineups are already out. But you can go through. You can go through the match center of their previous games, right? If I go to Croatia, I could go to you know the game against England, and it'll show me you know stats, corners, you know who took corners, tackles chalkboard heat maps whatever whatever you want right show you anything so who scored or you could also go to sofa score that's simply the app i use on my phone to show starting 11s and formations and stuff like that if 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 it's right sometimes you have to sometimes you have to know the teams and you look and you go there's no way that guy's playing there that guy has never played wide in his entire career this guy's a midfielder this guy's going to play in the center Right. Sometimes you, you need to know the teams a little bit better. Okay, let's see. Oh, J10's asking about the, the cash Excel sheet. I can't do it anymore. Not because it's not going that well. It's like breaking even. It's just that all of my stuff is normally in Roto Tracker. Like I don't need I don't need the the, the the Google sheet. I don't need it. 
I only did that just so I could put it down and it'd be public. But the thing is, is that like I play tons of lineups on both sides. So like I had to manually put in like how much in, how much out in the score or whatever, like at the end of the slate. Because once it once it gives me the notification of like you won and everything's gone and it goes into your recent whatever, I don't know what contest is what. I know how because I put my cash contest into a whole bunch of stuff. So like since I don't know, like I need to be I need to be awake at the end of a slate. Well, now that I'm getting up, I mean the Euros at 9 a.m. is the first kickoff. The lineups come out at 8 a.m. So like I'm getting up at like 7:30, 8 o'clock now. So like I'm going to sleep now before before the before the MLB slate is over. Unless I have some type of big sweat or something. I mean, I'm I'm in bed before the, the 10 o'clock, 940, whatever games are done. Right. So either what do I do? Do I I'm gonna, I'm gonna stay up so I could just enter something into a spreadsheet that I already have the data in my normal rotor tracker, or go to sleep early so I wake up refreshed and, and crush it in soccer. I've been I've been doing well in soccer. So that that's that's the main reason. It's already, I already captured it. I could, I could show, I could show you my, my cash stuff in Rototracker, just that I can't, I can't share it publicly. Like I can't share that, like you can log into my Rototracker and you screw around with it. No, I'm not going to do that. So there, that, that's, that's the reason I'm being transparent. That is the reason I want, I want to go to sleep earlier. That's it. Oh, let's see. Back to the open. I have a lot of read. Oh, Patrick Reed. I have a bunch of, I have a bunch of everyone. So what does it matter? I had no process in golf this week. No PGA. I had absolutely no process whatsoever. I, I used to have a process that didn't, didn't work. <laughs> didn't really work. Right. Played the two years and then down money. So, you know, I just decided just like, screw it. No process. I'm just going to, I'm going to lineups, not players. That's that. I keep on lineups, not players. I kind of like just didn't even, didn't even look at the players' names. And I just aggregated a, a bunch of projections, put them in, used RG ownership, and just built lineups. Acted acted as if the players had no names and no nothing, right? No nothing. And then obviously, you know, you kind of invert stuff. You know, you want to play more of the lower owned versus the higher owned, right? That type of stuff. That's why I've more like I thought Morikawa was Morikawa was going to be like twelve percent owned. He ended up being like eighteen. I wouldn't have as much Morikawa if it wasn't for that. Andrew Burton says I should hire an assistant to do that for me. Assistant? What to log into my DK account? You still and I'm not gonna give you any, I'm not gonna give everyone my logins. No one has assistants. Who has assistants in DFS? Some people think top players have teams and stuff. There are some teams where it's two people, right? They do work together. Not with two separate accounts, just a team like Ray of Hope is, is two people. As long as they have only one account, it doesn't who cares. I could have a team, right? I could have a team. I could have uh, p- people behind me. Who knows? I don't. Most don't. What do you need a team for? I need a team to, p- to enter contest on FanDuel for me. I need a, I need a team. I need. That's what I need an assistant for. I need an assistant to le- to keep on letting FanDuel know that I'm not a robot. Uh, yeah, have you st- seen that stuff? FanDuel logs you out like every every ten minutes or something. And then you have to do the press and hold thing. I'm, I'm not doing it. I have no ad blocker. I'm not running the RG extension on FanDuel. I'm not nothing. They keep on thinking I'm a robot. I'm not a robot. Maybe that's why I need a robot assistant in order to do that for me. Uh, Daniel Hutchins is, is uh, you're absolutely correct. Golf and baseball seem similar in that they're both highly variant and therefore the main lever you're using to get an edge is leverage. Yeah. 
And that's what I used to do in golf. And then the chalk would hit every goddamn week, right? That, that's what I used to do, right? It's like, oh, Paul Casey is going to be 28% owned. And okay, I'm going to have him in like, I'll play 100 lineups. I'll have him in like four of them. And then I'll win. Then he'll come in third, right? He wouldn't even win. He'll come in third. And it's like, well, I, I just don't have enough. And he's 28% owned. There was one week like Webb Simpson was like 37% owned somewhere. And then he won. It's like, I, I, what am I supposed to do? And then they go back the next week and then whatever. And then, then you get, then what happens? You get these swing season events where a lot of the top golfers aren't in these events, except for like a couple, you get like five at the top and then a whole bunch. And then, then you have patent desires, 9,800 because he's just somehow is the best golfer in the field. And then people are, and then, then you're like, well, there's no reason to pay the difference between the 9,000 range and the 7,000 range is nothing. These are all bad golfers. So then you decide to like, okay, whoever's going to be high on there, I'm going to play the other people. And then you know what ends up happening? Those people win. I mean, just, they come in top 10. I'm like, how would, if, if you did, if you did a, an analysis, it's, it's, it's we, I mean, this is for every sport. It shows, it shows how sharp the field is. If uh, the number one, it's, 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 it's odd to say it's, and it's the only, it's the sport with the highest, uh, I believe, where the number, the number one predictive metric, the predictive stat on per- player performance in golf is ownership. You know how weird that is? I mean, obviously it means that, that people could identify. I mean, most sports, it's like that. In baseball, it could go all over the place. Like, but from, from an R perspective, yeah, obviously the more efficient the market is, the more ownership should reflect the likelihood of player outcomes. But in golf, there aren't that many metrics to, to deal with, right? Baseball, we have stuff to, you know, the difference between Acuna and Soto and Betts and whatever, and Guerrero on the specific day, one guy could hit two home runs. The other one could go 0 for 4 and you're not surprised by either. But it's weird that with all the, the golf stats that are available, you know, the shots game stuff, that really, if you go, if you go back to, for, you know, on DraftKings for the past like five years and you just plotted out ownership and then you plotted out, you know, fantasy points, like it's number one versus any other, any other statistic. Oh, then that means you play the higher owned players. Well, no, it just means that, it's, that, that the market is much more efficient. Okay, let's see. If you have any questions, just put them in the chat. This is Casual Friday. Casual Friday, we're doing things casually. I don't got anything to review. I wanted to show you what I do for MMA. If you're gonna play MMA tomorrow, it's a twelve. It's a twelve fight slate, so it's not. It's not the. It's not the greatest. I prefer fourteens and fifteens. I'll play anything down to eleven, but it, then it gets tens, or I just don't even bother. I mean, 12s are not the greatest either. I mean, I just want more combinations. You have to fight to try to get unique. But what I do in MMA, the, the, I have my own worksheet for MMA. Okay, because remember, I, it's not like, like I don't follow UFC. I mean, I know the names of some people or whatever. And I'll listen to the Ground and Pound premium podcast you can get on Roto-Grinders. If you're a Roto-Grinders combo premium Subscriber, you can click on the link in the description, get $10 off your first month. So if you, the ground that they know, it's Sean and, uh, and, and Buddha, Mike, 
They do the, the the premium MMA podcast. They also Moneyball sixteen. I don't know his real name. Does the projections and stuff, and then they you know they have an expert survey, so MMA is included. But I listen to that to learn how the fighters fight because that's going to be that's going to be somewhat important in MMA. Not who's going to win and who's going to lose, but like how they're going to win and how they're going to lose, right? Because on DraftKings, a grapplers have higher upside than strikers. So anyone that could win with wrestling is a higher upside play than someone that could win striking. Because the striker with no wrestling at a decision typically doesn't have enough volume. Like, yeah, sure. If they knock them out in the first round, you're fine. Okay. But if they don't get a first round knockout, strikers are typically not good DK plays versus wrestlers and grapplers and submission artists and whoever, that type of stuff to rack up control time and ground and pound and takedowns and stuff like that. But the main thing that you're looking to do in MMA is to get six winners that are obviously, you know, you can't, you, no, don't negatively correlate. You're not stacking. So you're looking to get six winners and you're looking to get the highest score, you know, possible. If you're playing large field GPPs, like on a 12 game slate on a 12 fight slate, like this card, the nuts are going to be the first place to line up. Like the, the, it, every once in a blue moon on a large card, like a 15 fight card, there may be a non-nut first place lineup where no one has the nuts, where no one, it's a 47, eight and no one has it, right? So a very weird slate. But on a 12 fight card, how do you make the nuts? And how do you get the nuts as uniquely as possible? Can you get it singularly unique? Maybe, maybe not. But do you want to play a lineup that's going to be duped 80 times? But the first thing I do is I go to best fight odds, which shows a you know sampling uh, of uh, all the sports book lines, what the betting lines are. So I put in, you see here, I put in all the names of all the fighters or the salaries, and then I put in the win odds. And I have it this automatically calculating. So it converts the, the win odds into the win probability the inside the distance odds into the in the probability of that and the round one odds. So like the fight ends in the first round for that fight, the win in the first round. I put the notes here to heavyweights, women's fights, main events. Because typically heavy heavyweights are higher variant fights, right? Heavyweights end early, but if they don't end early, typically that they don't score very well because they're slower pace. And same for women's fights, are the most likely to go to a decision on average. And then the main event obviously is five rounds. And then I put the RG projected ownership here. And all these columns here, these, I call them leverage columns. All it, all it is, is, is just dividing the probability by the ownership. Okay. So for instance, like Murata here, 4.67. Her winning chances based on this is a 47% but she's only going to be owned at 10%. So that's 4.67, right? And I have it color-coded. So you can see the diff the differences between. You're most likely going to see the main events be in red, but you also have to also, because this doesn't take into account scoring. Like I said, that's why I listen to the podcast. That's why you learn the fighters and how they win. Now in a five-round fight, like like these guys could go at 8,200 and 8,000, like, I don't, I, they're going to be high on because if, if it goes to a decision, they're probably going to score enough points as it is because it's an extra two rounds. So, like, I don't necessarily care about the main event, like, leverage stuff. 
unless it's really unless it's really low. So this is how I this is how I assess the card. So I go like Spivak's going to be fifty seven percent for good reason. He is look he's minus one fifty sixty percent inside the distance, thirty eight percent in the first round. His opponent is Olinick, which actually look it should be with Spivak being this high owned. Obviously, this is the best leverage play on the entire slate. Nine percent owned. And at 7,000, a decision win could be good enough for you. So he's 34% likelihood of winning. 29% likelihood of winning inside the distance. 17% chance of winning in round one. And he's only going to be 9% off. And he's the direct negative correlation against the fifth a fighter that's going to be the highest owned on the slate. Now, Olenek, I don't know how old is he? I don't that that's the problem. You have to take the names out, right? You have to go. It's like, oh, he used to be good. Is he? Is he good? But like from a from a odd standpoint, he he stands out the best. So that's what I'm looking for. Like Brown here, at 26 percent ownership, doesn't even, as the underdog. Like he only has a 23 percent chance of inside the distance. Like the lower the salary players, the fighters. I don't care about round one. I care about round one when they're nine thousand or above. Because they're going to need 100 points or so, right? Like Hammer over here, right? He's for the, he is the, one of the best shots at winning, but like not inside the distance. Apparently his fighting style leads more to decisions. And it'll be 23% owned. But it still provides a little bit of leverage. But let's say he was only going to be 2% owned, right? We, I put two there and it's like, damn, you got to play now, right? That's what the, So that's what I'm doing here. I'm looking at, so... Towards the top end in the favorites, from you know eighty two hundred up or whatever, I'm looking at. I need I need an inside. I need an ITD to make value. And once I get into the nine thousands, I need more like a, like a round one to make value. And then down in the in the lower, like like the high seven thousands, I'm looking for inside the distance here. And then on the the lower end, I just I just a win. A win could be fun. So that's what I look here. So based on this, like O'Neal, yes, yeah, she's going to be popular, but negative leverage in this fight. She has a, actually has better inside the distance odds than Procopio because Procopio is a, a, a striker and O'Neal's a wrestler. So she's more likely to finish inside the distance, but obviously the field knows that, right? So that's what I'm looking for. So like up here, based on the current odds, obviously I need to update this. So I'd much rather play someone like if you take a look at this 1.5, like this range, but like especially Silva, like his line came really down. Termon may be one of the most like Parisian and Silva. Like this is up against Martinez and Termon who are getting ownership in the underdog range. So like Brown, Vera, right? So like a very unique, a unique lineup could be Vera, Silva, Parisian, Olenek, right? Take all of the leverage plays. So basically you're playing the favorite against a higher owned underdog, two favorites against two higher owned. You're basically taking three favorites against three higher owned underdogs, or you're taking two favorites and then you're taking the dog against the high owned favorite. So that's how I'm building lineups. Then you're probably, you're probably jamming in one of one of the main event fighters. At eight, when it's in an eighty two hundred eight thousand dollar fight, it's kind of hard for them not to make value. 
even if at a decision at that point. I'd lean Ige, but whatever. Because they don't have a 90 points, it's fine. And in five rounds, they can make 90. So this is this is like the spreadsheet that I use. And I update this, uh, you know, I'll update this tomorrow morning with line movement. I could probably scrape and put it in, but I don't want to spend the time to do that. <laughs> right. I could, I could, I just don't feel like it. I haven't done I haven't done that stuff in like 15 years. Like I could scrape best fight odds and have it have it populate this, but that, I'm, I'm gonna screw it up somehow. That, that's why I let other people do that tough stuff. I'll do it manually. Takes me 10 minutes. I'll do it manually. Uh, DJA Dog 3K. Do you play NHL DFS? It's a great game. I, I, yeah, I know it's good correlation, but I'm just, I, I'm only one person. I need a team. I haven't gotten into to NHL. I mean, I, I expanded from soccer to MLB to PGA, then to NFL, then to NBA, then to NBA. Then to MMA, I don't. I, I, I can only concentrate on so much stuff at the same time. Daniel Hutchins says it's not all clear to me if big golf GPPs are beatable after the rake. I'm winning in, uh, in money, but by back testing shows, I've been getting lucky. Uh, analysis of the highest volume PGA MME players in my data set shows that as a group, they are barely winning. Yeah, that. But doesn't that go hand in hand with the fact that the number one predictive metric is ownership? Right? Because if the market is efficient, how do you beat it? In DFS, long-term, especially, obviously, you know, we're not playing golf every day. I guess maybe the, if you use it with showdowns or something. Yeah, when 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 when, when the highest R is, is, is ownership, you don't get that in other sports. I mean, it's high, right? Because the field can identify, you know, the best players, right? Especially in golf where there's like no correlation. There's only some people think there is. There's barely any. That if if there's any correlation in golf, it's a weather-based correlation. It's a, it's a tee times. If there's if there's if there's some type of weather situation or something. Some because some people go, oh, this is a long course, so you get the all the best drivers, and that's correlated. No, we see short hitters win at long golf courses all the time. Not even win, they come in third, right? I mean, like, what does it matter? So people try to have this course fit mentality, and that that really isn't as much of a correlation. Oh, I'm going to stack all of them, like, right? Oh, on a, a Pete Dye course, I'm going to play all the the short hitters. It's like so. I mean, typically the long hitters are good with irons anyway. So what what, what are we what are we talking about? They're still the best golfers. Frederick Dute asks QQ. Is there a simple formula we could use to import Vegas win odds relative to salary to determine value? I mean, why? I mean, you're making lineups that, that, I mean, that's why we have projections. I mean, you, you, you look at the median project. I mean, we already project like MMA. We already have projections. Like I'm looking at this, but I mean, the projections are based around like how they actually fight. Like Spivak obviously is going to be high owned because he's a wrestler. He has takedowns. He has higher upside, right? So it's an Ige versus versus Jung, right? Ige actually grapples. Jung is just a striker, pretty much, right? Right. I'm just asking. Or like Chaos Williams, like he's going to win. Like it, 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 if he wins, it's going to be uh, you know first round knockout, right? If he doesn't, I don't know. I, does he put up enough volume? I'll put up volume, but 
Like, but that these are the medians of this. So you can still use this. So you're still comparing it point per dollar. There you go. Here, Ige, Spivak, Jung, Procopio. Just due to volume, I guess. Right? The women's fighters come up decent value-wise. But val- you're not looking for value. You, n- none of these fighters are going to score this points. Like one one guy, one guy is going to put up 100 and the other guy is going to put up 18. I mean, like it, it's going to be tilted. Because whoever wins, unless it's a draw, and then you're screwed either way. Right? If it's a draw, if it's a no contest, if you had both, neither fighter makes value. For a GPP. I don't, I don't know about cash games. That's why in cash games, like for instance, cash games where you just need a median, you just need to get in the top half, you're probably taking both, you're probably stacking the main event. 8,200, 8,000, just you're, gar- you're you're nearly guaranteeing yourself 120 points or 100 points because you're going to have the winner. And if the winner wins early, well, you're probably going to have 100 points combined. Well, you're good. No matter who it is, you don't have to pick. You don't have to, is it going to be, is it going to be the Korean zombie? Or is it going to be the other guy? Ige, is that how you pronounce his name? Ige, or is it Ige? I don't think it's Ige. It's Ige. This is how little I follow MMA. But that's in cash games. In GPPs, you can't, you're not going to have a loser, an 18-point loser in your lineup. It's, it's, it's once in a balloon on very small slates, on a nine-fight slate, the, the highest scoring loser could be in the in the in the top GPP winning lineup, but on a, on a twelve fight card, no. And you see that you see these dead lineups. I love MMA. After the first fight, after the first, second, and third fight, because once three fights exist, then you have six fighters. I just love counting all the dead money. That's what I love doing. That's that's a hobby of mine, right? After the first fight, you see, you know, okay, one fighter got ninety, the other fighter got ten, okay. How many lineups have a hundred? Cause they stacked the first fight, the first three round fight of the night. I go, okay, these are the idiots. Then you go to the next one, right? And it's like, who stacked the second fight? Who stacked the first fight and the second fight together? You find those lineups. You won't find one of them. You'll find bunches of them. And you go, I don't know how people put together their lineups. I mean, why? I mean, stacking the main event, at least I, I mean, I don't do it in GPP, but I, at least that's somewhat understandable. Someone. I'm going to stack the first three fights of the night and just get a screenshot. I guess doing it for screenshot equity. I don't know. I'm just, I thank you for paying the rake. <laughs> That's pretty much what I say. Daria Rosenstock. Hey, Jordan, I won a bunch of small GPPs for yesterday's Euroslide. Oh, you did? I did. I was close. I was so close. First learn how to play DFS soccer from listening to you and Andrew on the, on the other podcast. Yes. Yeah. Uh, uh, Alex, fear my turtle. Here, he does the soccer stuff with uh, Sean, PSU fans. He won the 25K, the main GPP yesterday in soccer. I was, I was, uh, I was a header. I was a header way of winning that. Uh, DeVries, 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 whatever. The Dutch center back. He, uh, it was a uh, Memphis corner kick and he, and he got a shot on goal on it. Right. If that would have went in at two point something percent owned, I would have won. So I was that five. I was I need I needed I needed an extra 12 points. So it's not like I came in like second or anything. I was back, I was 14th or something. I don't know. But at least I got the play. I got exactly what I wanted. 
Like it was a set piece opportunity to the big center back on the Netherlands. I mean, he put up five points. Ryan Mooch is fine for his, he was like 3,200 or something. So it was fine, clean sheet, two, two extra points for the shot and the shot on goal. The other 10 would have won. Because I had everything else. I mean, it was kind of a chalky slate yesterday for the Euros. Other than Lukaku. Like, I don't know. He was way over-owned. Okay. Feel free to post your questions in the YouTube chat about anything. Remember, this is Casual Friday. It's casually about anything. MLB, NBA, NBA. I don't know. I'm not doing NBA. See what's going on today. The weather. Cleveland at Pittsburgh. Is that on the? Is, is that actually on the slate? Yeah, that is. That could be a problem. Does it? Is it going to matter? Let's take a look. Let's take a look at initial projections. Let's take a look at FanDuel for the one picture stuff. Oh, actually, the, the top pitchers, the, Alex Cobb. Oh my God, is he going to be the? Is he going to be the pitcher that we're playing? Let's take a look at DraftKings. Is he going to be SB two? He's going to be the SB two on DraftKings, right? Caleb Smith against the Dodgers, a weaker Dodgers lineup. It should be right. We're not okay. Turner should be back, right? I think. Turner. Taylor, okay, that's not hard. Pollock's in the lineup. Steven Souza's a walking strikeout. I don't know who Andy Burns is, but he's there. I wouldn't trust Caleb Smith. I don't, but Alex Hub is 8,800. Oh, okay, now I see why. He's 8,800, but he still projects. I mean, if we look at the projections on DraftKings, Cobb, Kikuchi project better than Rodon and Bauer. And Robbie Ray. Ooh, could be if you're using the bat, this could be this could be a contrarian, contrarian pitchers on DraftKings on everywhere. Is Bauer using the sticky stuff? We don't know. Is he? Rodon against Houston. I'm not up to Houston's hit two home runs, at least two home runs in the past 10 games straight. Am I gonna play a lefty against them? No, probably not, but who knows? Rodon, I guess, could do well. Robbie Ray looks like he's back to normal. I mean, he's actually a good pitcher now, but that could that could stop at any time. Yeah, pitching is pitching is sustain. Then you have Corbin Burns, but he's in Colorado, so that's going to be an issue. So yeah, the pitching on tonight's slate is not the best, not the best at all. Then hitting wise, we go by just got Fanduel. Take a look at Fanduel stats. Go by ceiling. It doesn't matter. We go by points. It doesn't matter. Brewers against Senzatella. Okay, this is a better matchup than Marquez because Senzatella sucks. But they're, they're pri- on on uh, on FanDuel. They're priced up now. The Brewers, there's, there's no cheap Brewers. I guess the Yankees against Caprellian. The Cubs against Zach Thompson. Is this a win game? Are we getting wind in Chicago? No. Winds are light and blowing across the field. Typically, the Cubs don't project that well. They project decently. Kansas City against Pavetta, point per dollar-wise. The Blue Jays against Bruce Zimmerman, sure, why not? I get it. The Angels against Urena, okay, that makes sense. The Red Sox against uh, whatever Kowar is, Jackson Kowar. 
than at the bottom. Yeah, the Astros. But look how low the Astros project for. But the bat typically doesn't like the Astros and the White Sox. The White Sox are facing Luis Garcia. Is that is that a bad matchup? I don't know. Got Barrios. You could always play him against Texas. Oh, doable. Yeah, but pitching, pitching is going to be. I think. I think pitching may just be avoiding the landmines, as opposed to how do I get like fifty points at pitcher. Could be. I think on draft. I think on DraftKings the Brewers will be more owned. I think actually they may be under owned on FanDuel, just based on their price. Because we take a look here, Milwaukee like don't even show up as far as top stacks, only because they're ceiling their point per dollar is so bad. Right. Same for the Rockies. Right. They have a high ceiling, but like point per dollar wise, they're. But that's FanDuel. Let's take a look at DraftKings. They're much better priced on DraftKings. By points here. Yeah, still the Brewers are priced up. The Rockies, where are the Rockies? What happened to the Rockies? Are they gone? I don't see them. Oh, down here. Also, they're probably even priced even worse against Burns on DraftKings. Okay, I guess I was wrong. We got the Mets. The Mets better on DraftKings. Let's see, 40, still nothing there. The Royals. It seems like the Royals, the point per dollar. Or the Pirates, even on DraftKings. I don't know if I go there. This is research. This is what you do. This is what I do. Take a look, a nice overview of the slate. I'm not looking into, you know, spin rates and stuff and pitch selection, ISO versus uh, what's what's uh, this person's ISO on Fridays where the dew point is less than 12. I mean, like, I'm not doing that. Everything's already in the numbers, it's already there. Right, we take a look. Who's the value? Who's the value play du jour right now on uh, on DraftKings? Jesus Sanchez against Davis. Is that gonna is he gonna bat for Miami? 2K lefty. Polanco against Mejia. Bobby Dalbeck, 2400. Almonte again. We're gonna do that again because against Carlos Martinez. Why not? Why didn't they why aren't they pricing these people up? Then we look at FanDuel. What's the value play? What's the value play? Oh, it's going to be Odor. Well, it's the bat. So, of course, it's rude at Odor. It could be Jesus Jesus Sanchez. Who is this guy? He's back. Jesus is back. <laughs> oh, this is what happens when you just don't even care about the names of the players. Who is Jesus Sanchez and why is he betting cleaning for the Marlins? Because it's the Marlins. Where were the Marlins? Where are they? What happened to them? Are they even on the slate? Are they even on the late slate? Okay, here they are. Okay. <laughs> All right. Chisholm, Marte, Aguiar, and Saints just right in the middle. Okay. But it may rain. So we have to watch the weather there. So maybe, maybe we're not playing Jesus. You have two Jesus. You can play the Jesus stack. That's what that's what we should do. That's what you should do. You go on DraftKings. You're going to play the Jesus stack. Let's see. Oh, there's only two of them. Okay. I thought there would be more. So you play, they play, you just play both Jesuses. And it doesn't matter. And it doesn't, and truthfully, it doesn't matter if it rains there because both of them could walk on water. So they could just play regardless. Solve, solves two problems. Who cares? Don't need to put out the tarps. Okay. Quiet in the chat room. 
<laughs> I talked a little about golf and MMA and soccer and baseball. What? People, people are coming here for the picks, right? Stopping by. Oh, he's not talking about who to pick. Yeah, I don't know. We don't even have a starting lineups out yet. That's what I'm saying. I'm just, I'm just doing what I would normally, this is what I normally do at 11 o'clock in the morning. Look through the overview of the slate. I'm not making any decisions for another six hours. But I'm like, okay, let me get a sense of what's, what is going on today. What is going on? Not much. Not much is going on. I got soccer coming up. Another game at noon. MMA tomorrow. Soccer tomorrow again. Maybe I'll play the showdown. Play the, the England showdown and fade Kane. And then just probably dump all my money doing that. <laughs> it's not a Sunday, so we should be fine. That's what I'll probably do on showdown. For three o'clock, I'll just make five showdown lineups and fade Harry Kane. because he'll be, he'll be the highest owned guy. And then hopefully Kane doesn't do anything and I could win some money. Maybe. Maybe, maybe I'll do that. And then play some MLB tonight with you guys. We got Grinders Live coming up later today. We got uh, premium crunch time for premium members. So sign up. You get the MMA stuff. You get the soccer stuff. Get the combo premium. Just all in one. You get NBA. Play, still playoff stuff going on. Playoff content. Lineup HQ videos. We've got, obviously, Showdown Golf if you want to play the U.S. Open. If you did NHL playoffs, right? That's going on, I think. Or is that over? I don't know. we got everything. Combo Premium. Click on the link in the description or in the chat right there. Eli posted it. Get $10 off your first month. And then uh, then I'll be back on, on, on Monday with James. Monday's with McCool. We'll be talking more about DFS strategy because that's what we do here every Monday through Friday, 11 o'clock Eastern on the DFS pregame show on rotogrinders.com. <laughs>